0: Well, bonjour and welcome to number 10 uh, podcast on Women's Tennis Talk. And uh, today a little bit different because unfortunately Sue Thurl will not be able to join us as unfortunately she broke her legs in two places one leg sorry and uh, she will not be at the u.s open this year she was so disappointed as i am but uh, today because of sue not being able to travel to the u.s open well i had to find a late guest and oh boy did i find the one he has been one of the best uh, lead commentator and color i have been working with him for many years and uh, he is definitely at the top of the list of If you want to listen to commentating and lead commentator, that's him. His name is Pete Rogers and Pete Rogers is in New York. So I'm sorry for the sound because uh, Pete is on location in New York. I am myself getting there today, still in Connecticut, but uh, it's a, a very, very big pleasure of mine to have Pete on the show today. Pete, how are you down there? Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you. What an introduction. I, I mean, when do I need to pay you for that? I mean, that was fantastic. Well, I said, <laughs> but yeah, I, no, I'm very well. Um, yes, yeah, out in Manhattan and uh, yeah, just buzzing for the for the tournament to start.
0: Yeah. And I said that I will be the one uh, buying you a few drinks for this one because that was really late notice. <laughs> so I, I really surely appreciate uh, what you're doing today because you are a very busy man. Uh, yourself and myself will work together, hopefully, on the radio and TV this year, which I'm looking forward to it. But first, let's start with what's been happening prior to uh, the US Open, which is called the US Open Series. And uh, the reason that we're doing menly women's is because I am covering menly women's tennis right now and uh, my knowledge in the men's store is not as good. So that's why Pete, but we will talk a little bit about the guys. Don't worry. So anyway, let's start with, uh, well, San Jose. I mean, that was the first tournament. And uh, we saw the Chinese uh, Zhang Sai Sai winning uh, that tournament for a first title. I mean, I don't know if you, you I don't think you covered that one, uh, Pete, but how, how great of a, of a, you know, tournament for her. I mean, beating seeds after seeds after seeds in the tournament, altogether five uh, seeds in the tournament from uh beating Collins to Anisimova to Sakari. Sorry, that was four and four with Sabalenka in the final. What do you what do you make of that?
1: I mean, it, it just is kind of what's happened all year, isn't it? As in, you've just had players come out from left field and, and dominate draws and come from nowhere. I mean, it, it's so tough as at, at the moment predicting who's going to win. It, it, it's almost like you're just throwing a, a dart. Towards the draw, Um, but I mean, yeah, it was just an incredible run for her, wasn't it? As in, and and again, no one really saw it coming. But she's always been a dangerous player, full of energy, and. all that energy to the court and, and as you say you know those wins over the likes of Collins and then Samova and, and Sakari even who's, who's playing some very good tennis lately and then beating Sabalenka in the final you know the fact that Sabalenka's got that experience of winning pretty big WTA tournaments and yet she just seemed to help, help, hold her nerve superbly well in that final and so um, yeah it's just another left field Uh, another left field winner in another WTA tournament in 2019.
0: Yeah, it keeps on going. I mean, we have so many surprises and that's what's fun about the tour, the depth of the tour. But, you know, one good thing I was very happy to see besides that uh, Zhang Sai winning her first tournament on the WTA uh, tour, it was Sabalenka coming back alive because she's been really struggling.
1: Yeah, well, 100%, as in, going into this year, I remember, um, you know, we had to do some predictions for one of the, the, the media companies I work with, and, and I actually had Sabalenka down to win the Australian Open, I had her down to finish in the top eight. Um and it just hasn't happened and for whatever reason, maybe it's that second season syndrome, I think maybe perhaps she bought into her success that she had last year and, and that then sometimes means you don't work as hard Or and, and I think things like that might have happened um, and she's just got so much potential maybe players have started to work out how to play against her, you know, you hit hard down the middle you take away the angles um, and you go deep hard down the middle repeatedly and, and you know, Anissa over exposed some of those weaknesses at the Australian Open but she's got such a big game that you, I always felt that surely she'll come again and and it's just obviously been with the big game you have confidence issues so then when she starts missing confidence starts to go and as you say it was just insane Jose to see her get some match wins going because if she gets confident she's going to be very very tough to stop and we saw the run as well last year here at the US Open um, where really for me that match between Osaka and Sabalenka I remember watching it and saying to friends as I was watching it Whoever wins this match probably go on and win the tournament. And, and I, I was kind of feeling pretty confident with whoever won that match between Ozarka and Sabalenka would win the US Open. So, yeah, getting, getting her confidence back is huge. And, uh, and the fact that she reached the WTA final um, and, and it means she's back on the scene again and back dangerous again. And that's exactly where we want Sabalenka to be.
0: Yeah, and she started the year very well winning Shenzhen, which, uh, you know, obviously there is still time for her to get into the top eight. I think that uh, it's not over, especially knowing that she can play very well in Asia. She's very... Very confident and very uh, a solid player, you know, in Asia. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that she, I think, moved so fast in the ranking and the progression last year was so big that, you know, from those big steps after that, it was all little steps for her, you know, to uh, to continue a run of 2018. And uh, hopefully she's now back into her level. But uh, uh, coming along after that, you know, we had uh, another tournament that uh, came right after Uh, San Jose that was in Washington and we had uh, Jessica Pegula who won that tournament I mean that was a great run for her I mean being beating Camilla uh, Georgi who is a very dangerous Italian player as we all know hitting uh, every ball as hard as she can and serving first and second serve pretty much the same so it was good to uh, to see uh, the American winning this 6-2-6-2 I mean very good run for her we won't Stay too long on that one. I mean, the only thing I want to notice on this is really the first round Stevens, you know, losing to Peterson, Rebecca Peterson, who has been, you know, a, a threat on the tour. We've seen her playing some really good matches, including, I think, in Miami. She played against uh, Williams. Was that her who played Williams in the first round? Probably, I think. It she might
1: played... Be- um- I way. know. I know that she she had a great run as well, just recently in Cincinnati as well. But I I was really impressed with her um in Cincinnati. She, she pushed a her, Pliskova her very hard and had a couple of good wins there. So she's certainly playing some good tennis, Peterson. I mean, it, that was a result. I'm with you when she beat Stevens. That that shocked me a bit and I was a bit surprised. But then I've since watched her play and and been very very impressed with how she's moving and and she just seems to have be using confidence, Peterson, at the moment and um certainly playing better than I've ever seen her play before. Um, but yeah, Pegula, I mean, she's someone that I've always actually looked at and thought, well, I, I haven't understood why she isn't ranked higher, because for me, she's got she's got great game, and and she's got, you know, weapons that she can hurt players with, so I, I was a little sort of surprised that she hadn't done that in the past, but uh, it was great to see her, you know, triumph in it in an international tournament.
0: Yeah, and I, I thought that, you know, obviously for American tennis, coming into a the last major of the year at the U.S. Open. It's always good to see uh, the American tennis, who's been doing very well lately. And then uh, when we jump into Toronto, well, wow. What can we say about Toronto? I mean, isn't that amazing that Bianca Andreescu is able to compete so well with the little amount of tournament that she played? I think in the tournament that she entered, she won like 50% of them this year.
1: Uh, it's, it's amazing. And it's, the other theme that I've, I, I keep feeling to mention this year, I keep saying the sliding doors moments, okay, and I kind of feel both Toronto and Cincinnati had so many sliding doors moments where there were so many really tight matches early on and you look at Andreescu's uh, run, In Toronto, where she had those really tough matches. You know, she beat Bouchard 6-4 in the third. Then she beat Kazakina 7-5 in the third. Then beat Burton 6-4 in the third. Then beat Pliskova 6-4 in the third. And uh, you mentioned the fact that she was perhaps undercooked coming into it because she's had all the the injury issues lately. uh, Hasn't played that many tournaments. But when she is playing the tournament, she's turning up and winning them. But I kind of feel those tight, tough matches that almost got her back into playing lots of matches in a way because she spent so much time on the court. And we know she is such a fighter. She just seems to thrive in those big moments to come through. But you do look at that draw and you think, you know, she could have lost first round to Bouchard and we're not talking about her again, but she could have lost any of those matches. But she's just so good in the big moments and that's the big thing on the tour at the moment is in, obviously, those are the players. It's so tight. We've got so many players playing tennis. It's so tough to call who's going to win each tournament. And the fact that she just seems to raise her game in those big moments means that she has the edge more often than not over the other players. Um, but, yeah, fabulous. And it, it's so so much fun watching her play. I love the variation in her game. Her forehand's a dream. Um, and, and she just it seems to back herself in big moments. And it, it's extraordinary to consider how young she is. Uh, but yet she just seems to embrace the big stage. And, and there are certain players who obviously just... Over time, the greats of the game have been able to do that. And um, and I just love the fact that she's got such variation in her game. We've got another fantastic player to watch, hopefully for many, many years to come if she can stay injury-free.
0: Yeah. And I mean, going back to Indian Wells, she did the same thing. I mean, she just played so many matches that were tough matches. And you're right about the fact that, you know, you hear it in press conferences. All the players are saying the same thing. It's only one or two points here and there that makes the difference because everybody's playing at such high level. And, uh, you know, it's how you're going to deal with those situations. And oh boy, can she deal well with those situations? But you know what I loved about what she did after she won that tournament and you know I don't know if you remember me but uh, we were in uh, we were commentating Uh, I think we were together talking about it after Indian Wells, and when I saw her in the draw in Miami, I said, that is the biggest mistake this player can do. And I thought her entourage, her coach, and her agent did the wrong on letting her play in Miami because of the injury that she was sustaining already at the end of Indian Wells. The demand that came above her because of all, you know, now she was a a known player because of what she did at Indian Wells. And For me, it was the biggest mistake to play Miami. She got herself injured even more. She didn't play for six months until she played, well, three months until she played at the French Open one match, then had to retire again because of the lingering shoulder injury. But guess what? After the Rogers Cup, when she won that, I said, if she does it again and go play Cincinnati, I'm I'm just going to drop the mic. Well, guess what? She didn't. She said in a, you know, in a in a comment that she uh, that she put on on Twitter, and she said, "Listen, my body. Have to, I have to listen to my body." And I'm like, "Wow, excellent. Live and learn, or learn and live. I don't know which one it goes." But I mean, I thought that was great. But then going into the final and talking about the final against Serena Williams, I mean, I'm impressed with what Serena has been able to do and come back to that level. And you know, beating Osaka three and four, which I called that one. You know, uh, I'm not saying that afterwards. I'm just telling you I called that one, but uh, <laughs> many other people called it as well. But uh, you know, Serena Williams, the doubts are here. We know that she can win pretty much any tournament she enters, but is the is you know is the upper back going to be healed uh, at the U.S. Open? That's uh, something that uh, remains in the mind of everybody. And uh, you know, we're gonna follow up this in going into uh, well. Cincinnati, how about another American winning this tournament? And I think you covered most of Cincinnati, so you probably uh, can tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, first of all, I I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I remember at the time, with regards to Andreescu, I completely thought, thankfully, she isn't playing Cincinnati, and I couldn't believe she played Miami either. But I thought, okay, when she won a match at Miami, I thought, okay, it was a really long, tough match. I thought, okay, well, she'll pull out now, and then didn't. But, But yeah, hopefully, she's learned her lesson. It sounds like she has, which is great for the sport. But yeah, with regards to Cincinnati again, it, it was a it was a strange tournament in a way, as in uh, yeah, I got to cover a lot of it for the, for the WTA, and uh, and I mentioned that those two words again, sliding doors moments. Again, Madison Keys, I did her first round match against uh, Garbina Muguruza, and she was two points away from losing the match, and and Muguruza really, to be honest, in the first two sets was the better player, but Keyes just stepped up in the second set tiebreaker and turn things around but keys at that time coming into the tournament had lost i think what was it like four matches in a row she was completely out of form it, you could see in that match as well she was really struggling with confidence she wasn't picking the right balls to attack at all she was just swinging and missing and it was just scattergun tennis that as it sometimes can be with keys she had help from her coach who'd come on a couple of times with with in that Muguru the match is saying look pick the right ball just be patient and you could see that there was that sort of tussle in her mind of trying to wait for that right ball but obviously comes through that really tight match didn't play amazingly well in it but it was just she did enough to beat Muguru who, who I thought actually probably looked the better player um, and then goes and obviously defeats Kasat and then from there is, is great and, and and started to pick the right balls to, to hit on and to, to be aggressive on and as we know with that forehand and even the backhand these days is you know it's improved so much she it's it's all on her own it's all down to her if she if she does pick the right moments she can be unstoppable. And, and the forehand then became unstoppable. The confidence came back because suddenly she won a few matches where she, the confidence had gone. And much as I was just saying with Sabalenka earlier on, in terms of saying, you know, these the big hitters are confident players. So if they're confident, they're very, very dangerous. If they're not confident, they could be out first round. And suddenly she started playing this phenomenal brand of tennis that we know that she can play, loves playing in the States. Um, and it just built from there. I thought, I thought she was smart against Venus Williams as well, again, You thought in the second set, she beat Venus Williams 6-2, 6-3, but in the second set, it was tight. She wasn't converting the break points, but she was patient. She didn't get too annoyed with herself. She stayed calm and kept creating the chances and and then ended up taking the chances. And then, you know, it came through to the final, but... another story was of course Kuznetsova who she played in the final and it was just fantastic to see Kuznetsova back but again with her that could have been a different story you know Pliskova served for the match in the second set Pliskova played some phenomenal tennis in the first two sets of that encounter
0: until she served for the match because I mean at that point she totally choked I mean she just can't finish Karolina Mm. Pliskova and I think that you know at that stage I was watching the match I think I was even texting you at at that point saying what is going on I think that you know uh, Conchita Martinez probably pulling her hair off of her head because Pliskova just disappeared you felt like she was like I mean we know she's nonchalant we know that sometimes but you've got to get more excited and more pumped up when you're in that stage of a match when it gets close you have to get out of your shell and it seems to me that it's so mental with her she like tighten up not moving her feet starting to double falls and Kuznetsova wow I mean what a story that was in this tournament I mean I'd love to see her first of all is she in shape or is she in shape
1: and ten percent and i was luckily enough calling it with with olga sabchuk and she's you know knows kuznetsova very well and and, and you know the, the fact that that relationship is back there with with her coach again now you know and she just seems so relaxed on the court as well we've seen it we've seen kuznetsova get tight closing trying to close out matches before that didn't happen but yeah as you say i mean she looks like the kuznetsova from five six seven years ago as in her movements immense she loves the battle loves the scrap and it, it it was the Kuznetsova of old, and again, it's it's another player thrown into this mix. We we went into the tournament. Who would have picked Kuznetsova right. to come through to the final? The yeah. the other things that I've note that I felt with Cincinnati, as in, were the sort of the worrying signs for me to do with Barty and Osaka, as in Barty maybe not perhaps that worrying because of course she's. Had that phenomenal run where she just won so many matches in a row, having won the French and then obviously winning Eastbourne and uh, and then reaching the fourth round of Wimbledon. So that the, I, I expected a dip to happen at some point. She obviously went back to, the Austra- uh, uh, to Australia to rest, recover, then come back over to, for this US Open series. And I think she's, there's just still a little bit of rust there, because whenever you take a break in the middle of the season, we saw it with Kerber last year, it always really affects the players. And I think there's a lot of rust there with Barty. She is such a fighter, such a scrapper. She won a couple of matches, particularly against Contevate, where it was almost a match she had no right to win yeah. and came through it. But it's all a little scrappy at the moment, a little bit rusty. I'm not sure the confidence is fully there. Um, So there are worrying signs with Barty, but more so with Osaka. I I felt she won the match against Sasnovich. And for me, this was a a really standout match with where her coach came out onto the court. So she was smiling away in the first set and chuckling away and smiling. And it was very strange because she was smiling at odd moments in the match, like moments you just wouldn't expect to see.
0: I I think Naomi Osaka definitely have some really uh, uh, mental toughness issues. I mean, mental issues to begin with. I mean, we remember so many years, many years ago, a couple of years ago when uh, she won in Dean Wells and she came into Miami and she was totally losing it on the court and losing it after that in Charleston when... uh, Sasha Bahin at the time, her coach came on and she was like, "I'm depressed, you know. I'm, I mean, and, and you hear that, and of course, you know, it's it's kind of the millennium say, you know, they say that very slightly and lightly. Uh, as probably myself being way older, it, it resonate differently. But you know, for a kid like this, who's 18, was 18 at the time, saying, you know, I'm depressed, you know, and and crying on court. I mean, you know that there's got to be some really mental toughness uh, uh, difficulties that she has to overcome at some point. But and the fact that she got injured. You know, with her knee. I mean, that's another question mark. I think between her and, and Williams. But you know, going back to uh, Madison Keys, I was impressed with the fact that she was able. And after she had this tough match, and she could have been out, like you said, about those sliding doors. You are t- so right on on cue on this. I mean, after that, I mean, I saw flawless. I saw the Madison Keys that we we know she can be. I mean, reaching the final at the U. S. Open against. Um, against so Sloane Stevens was also showing that she has the potential of a player. The problem is that's, that consistency level for the amount of, you know, heaviness and, and, and the amount of pace and, uh, that she puts on the ball. It's very difficult to be consistent, and we know that. I mean, Sabalenka is in the same group of players, uh, you know. But, you know, going back to Barty, I, have, I think that was the best thing for her to lose in the semifinals going into the last major. And the reason being is she's going a little bit under the radar. Uh, I don't think that going because if she had won, she would have taken the number one ranking again, that would have put a lot more pressure, a lot more demand from the press, a lot more questions. Um, and I think in a way it was, it was a pretty good thing for her to, uh, to lose against Kuznetsová. Not that she did it on purpose because Kuznetsová really played an incredible match. And I thought Kuznetsová did run a little bit out of gas. I didn't understand in the final that she did not use her first serve enough. I think she served probably 80% of first, second serve with a kick. Uh, I don't think that was a right play. I would have served a lot more harder to the body of Madison. Uh, Perhaps the legs and, you know, the momentum was a little bit lost after, you know, the tough tournament that she had. I mean, it's understandable. She's about 105 years old now, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's good to see that she was there and that, you know, um, you know, I mean, very interesting uh, matches and very interesting uh, U.S. Open series. Of course, we had another tournament that popped up right uh, This year on the calendar, the Bronx tournament, which, uh, you know, an accolade to Magda Lynette, who beat uh, Camellia Georgie in the final. It was a two hour and 34 minute final, 577564. That was a big one for Lynette coming into uh, the U.S. Open. And of course, for Georgie, second time in the final, cannot win the tournament yet this year. But coming along, we are going to now talk about what's happening in front of our eyes. And starting tomorrow, it's the U.S. Open. And let's look at the draw. Pete, starting from uh, the upper half of the draw and uh, first round with Osaka playing against Blinkova. Uh, there's They never played each other. It's 0-0 zero, zero on the match count. But uh, you have to uh, really, in parentheses, talk about Blinkova, who just played in the Bronx, played six matches total, uh, starting in the qualies and, uh, and lost in the quarters. So she's definitely uh, used to the conditions and uh, has a lot of matches under a belt uh, and not knowing what Osaka is feeling like. I mean, what do you think about this opening round?
1: Well, it's, it's always on Osaka's racket, isn't it? Um, but exactly as we were just talking about, you know, the, the smiling incident with, you know, and the coach saying you need to be serious and, and the quotes that she said, I just want to have fun out on the court. And, and I chatted to various other ex-pros at the time um, with Osaka and they were saying, look, you know, if you want to be world number one, and you want to dominate the sport having fun and it it sort of being a secondary thing in your life, that won't happen as in you need to be completely sort of dedicated to it. And so those sort of things that we've heard from her worry me a little. And it it sort of suggests that she doesn't quite know how to deal with the pressure at the moment. And there's a lot of pressure on her shoulders and playing someone like Blinkover, as you say, who's going to be more used to the conditions. She's got nothing to lose. I think she's pretty mentally tough as well, Blinkover. So I I think she can just go out there and enjoy the matchup. and it's just all on Azaka. I just wonder, I mean, the reason I mentioned that smiling thing is that after that match um, against Sasnovich in Cincinnati, her coach had come on and said, look, you need to be more serious, you need to be more focused, Let's stop smiling, stop all this nonsense. And then after the match, Azaka said, I just want to have fun. And it was a direct sort of hit on her coach. It was a direct sort of like, I don't really want to, I'm not really listening to you. That wasn't the reason I won. And so there's clearly, you know, in her camp, there's something a little bit uncomfortable. And if you're going into the first round and your camp's not overly comfortable, you've got all that pressure on you. You've been playing against a player like Blinkover, who you have just said has played a lot of matches recently in the Bronx, in New York, used to the temperature. It's a very dangerous, very tricky match. But having said all of that, it's like, go in and start swinging and everything goes in and then it's fine as she walks through the match but um it's it's a dangerous one, isn't it? And Blinkov is quite a smart player, and so I think she'll look to try and vary things and, and slice and and just try and get Azarka hitting balls that she doesn't like hitting and try yeah. and just amp up that you know amp up the pressure.
0: Yeah, and I think you know the one thing that Blinkova is not going to be used to is play either on Armstrong or I'm probably thinking that they're going to put that match on uh, on Ash. I would I would imagine mm-hmm. as the number one player in the world. But uh, yeah, I mean you're right about everything. But you know I have to say that you know. I don't don't mind Osaka saying I want to have fun. The problem is that I don't think that the coach should have said you shouldn't have fun. You should be focused on, you know, the task at hand. I think that having fun is how you're going to play your best tennis and enjoying the moment. And I think that's how the approach should have been by the coach instead of saying nonsense. You know, that's not what you need to do. I mean, I, I can tell you from experience, I mean. The first thing that Billie Jean King, uh, you know, taught me when I was uh, when I was playing, she said, "Listen, people think that they play well and they're having fun. It's the other way around. You having fun, you're enjoying the moment, and you're playing well." So, I think that you know, it's kind of sem- semantic or whatever you call it, where uh, yeah. it's how to approach it as a as a ca- coach and and be be aware of what the player because Osaka has mental definitely challenges when she's on the court, and one of them is. She knows that she wants to be a kid out there still and she wants to have fun. So you can't really dispatch this because it's important to her, especially when she mentions it. So let's see how that goes. But then we have, if we go down to a line five and six, we have Potapova who is playing against Coco who Everybody is waiting for, um, you know, in this uh, tournament, which... As being only in line five and six, it could be a third round encounter with Osaka, which will be incredible if uh, both Goff and Osaka would come through. Uh, I imagine Coco will come through against Botofova. They've never played each other. And then down to Sabalenka and Azarenka. I mean, how about this? I mean, this is like an incredible first round. I mean, talk about... And they've never played each other, which is even more amazing. I mean, Sabalenka seeded nine. nine. Uh, Poof, that's, that's crazy. I mean, to me, that's a crazy first round draw, but uh, um, I mean, what do you think about what's going to happen in this one? It's all about Sabalenka. You're going to tell me it's on on Sabalenka's racket, right? (laughs)
1: It's always on Sabalenka's racket, but it, it will be very interesting, the psyche behind it, won't it, in terms of, you know, I'm sure Sabalenka has looked up to Azarenka in terms of as that leading light in, in Belarus for, for everything that Azarenka has done. We know what we're going to get from Azarenka, fight tooth and nail for absolutely every single point. So, again, it's the mentality. If arena uh, Sabalenka's, you know, confidence isn't quite there, if she misses a few balls early on, Azarenka is not going to give anything away and, and could get into her face a bit and sort of say, look, you know, I'm the one who's experienced. I'm the one who sort of can deal with all of this. And um, and so it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see whether there is any intimidation. It's funny saying possibly Sabalenka is intimidated because she's the most <laughs> intimidating player that I think players find to play against, you know, how tall she is and how big she hits the ball. Yeah, that's for sure. So that dynamic's going to be very, very interesting in terms of, you know, the, the older, more experienced Belarusian, and, and and you know there, there has to be respect there from Sabalenka towards Azarenka. Um, but it is amazing that they've never met before. But yeah, yeah absolutely mouth watering, and, and as you say, it, it is on Sabalenka's racket, as everything is. But um, but uh, you know, Azarenka, what a counterpuncher she is, and so um, yeah. yeah, certainly, I wouldn't want to be a tennis ball in that match because no, they're gonna be neither. hit hard.
0: <laughs> And then going down, we have Halep, who's going to face Nicole Gibbs. I mean, I give a little uh, shout-out to Nicole, who is lucky loser, and got in. And they played only once. It was Halep won in 2018. So that's uh, to be seen as an American playing against Halep first round. That's when you want to play against the, the seeds in the first round, being with the crowd behind her. You know, maybe she can do something. It's going to be a tough task as a... Uh, you know we know Simona Halep you know loves the condition and it's going to be drier condition this year thank goodness cuz last year was absolutely suffocating i mean i'm i'm surprised we didn't have any more trouble last year when the, thinking back about how hot the conditions were and then we have Andrescu who's playing against uh, a Walkhard Volley Nets which i don't really know from the USA do you do you know that player Katie uh I'm,
1: I'm with you I'm completely with you I, yeah. I don't really know that but I think going back to the Nicole Gibbs against Halep is going to be tough for Gibbs because I think weapons the, you know, to, right. to beat Halep you're going to need weapons to hit through and, and, and I just think Nicole Gibbs is a, is, a, is a weaker version of Halep in a way okay. um, and, so, and so it's going to be very difficult there but yeah no I don't know much about um, volley Nets I mean how about that for a name yeah. Uh, you know, playing playing tennis. I mean, she was born to play tennis. Clearly, with a name like Volinets. Yeah, but yeah, no, I know very little about it. But one one thing we do know is how many great American young players are coming through. There's just yeah. so many of them. Yeah. So if she's been, you know, been given the wild card, it, it means that she must be pretty damn good. Um. And so, you know, Bianca Andreescu has got to be careful with that one because again, as you say, the, the American crowd will get behind volinets And um. And yeah, and she's unknown. If we don't know much about her, and we cover so much tennis. As in, I can't imagine Bianca Andreescu knows that much about her, although I'm sure her team will have done their homework.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure they they are going to do that. Like, like we are going to do that if we have to cover that match. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to do our homework a little better. And then there's uh, Kuznetsova who's playing against Christy Han from the USA. Also, Christy Han's been playing some really good tennis. Very impressive young lady, uh, a wall card from the US. So, Kuznetsova has a lot of work here ahead of, us, uh, of herself, uh, for sure. Then we have... Mugurutha against risk um, I mean that's that's gonna be a, an interesting match I think that's gonna be a very tough first round for Mugurutha the way that uh, Alison risk has been playing um, what do you think about this one I mean do you see uh, do you see Mugurutha coming through or or Alison?
1: I, th- I think to be honest it- as I said before, with, with Muguruva in that match against Keys, there was a lot of good stuff in that match. And, of course, she's now without Sam Sumik And I, and I think that is probably a good thing because it's a new start. That she'll feel a bit fresher, I think, that there's new, new ideas new uh, coming in. And, and as we've seen, you know, when she won Wimbledon, as in it was without Sam Sumic there. So I think, you know, there's a lot. I think Muguruva could be an outsider to have a run here because we know that she can do it at a slam. As yeah. in, no one's talking about her. So I think, you know... She's someone that I'm keeping an eye on, but as you say, this is a very tough first-round encounter because Alison Risk has been playing some phenomenal tennis this year. We, we, we all know about her run at Wimbledon. Um, and, and on, you know She's now almost playing well on every surface. Okay, maybe not clay, but she's playing well on hard courts. And, and again, she's another confidence player because she's a player who you know hits a very flat ball. The margins are pretty low. Um,
0: and and she's that, she's in the US, so she's going to have a lot of crowd and, yep. and, and a lot of support, support for her And back.
1: She just seems to... She just seems to be really enjoying her tennis at the moment, yeah. you know. When I talk about confidence, and you were talking about enjoying your tennis with with Osaka and what Billie Jean King told you, and I completely agree with everything you said there with, with regards to the coach as well. But you just see risk at the moment. She's smiling. She's enjoying the competition. She's enjoying competing. She knows she's got that, those ranking points in the bag with Wimbledon, so she can just go out there, embrace being an American in the at the U.S. Open, know that she's been playing great tennis with confidence, and just enjoy that match. So it's going to be very, very tough for Muguruza again. If Muguruza is off and hit, trying to play off those flat hard balls right. difficult for every player no one likes playing as Alison Risk yeah. uh, especially if she's confident so it's a very tough first round match I, I give the edge to Muguruza and I think Muguruza as I say is someone that I think could, could get going and, and then now who, suddenly could become a factor
0: who is she Is she did she pick a coach or is she just by herself right now
1: Muguruza yeah she she, yeah, she hasn't committed f- full time to anyone i think um is it medina Garriguez i think is is sort of semi working with her mm-hmm. um um yeah but I, she hasn't committed it full time to, to a new coach yet i think it's the sort of suck it and see yeah uh type of situation for her
0: so looking at the uh part of the draw and the uh, top bottom svitolina against uh osigwe i mean how about this first round? nobody's talking about this but whew, that's a tough one for svitolina who uh has been Playing a little bit better, but uh, I think, you know, again, playing against a a young American in at the U.S. Open, the first round when you're first starting the the tournament and an American who has nothing to lose is going to be a tough one. And right below that, the winner of that match will play against uh, uh, Zhang Tsai or Venus Williams. What a first round that that is with uh, Zhang Tsai who has won the uh, tournament in San Jose, uh Venus Williams you know this is another popcorn match i think and uh they will be playing actually tomorrow i believe they are on uh, they're on are they playing tomorrow yes they are they're definitely playing tomorrow third on uh, Armstrong so another popcorn match here Venus Williams who is keeping playing and playing some amazing tennis i mean you've uh, did you did you see any matches that she did this summer
1: I did well, yeah, with Venus, I, I did a lot of her run in Cincinnati, and again, mention that, those things, sliding doors moments, because I, I, I wasn't that impressed with her at all in the first round match uh, against Lauren Davis at, in Cincinnati, and I mean, at the time, we were sort of thinking, God, you know, actually, it looks like retirement may be knocking now, as in she's not winning that many matches, and finally looking a bit sluggish and slow, And then comes through that match, as in Davis missed a lot of opportunities on the break points and and on on big situations, and then plays phenomenal tennis, you know, to take down Burtons in the next round. And then we're all going, well, actually, Venus Williams is back. And it just seems if she can get through that first round, Venus, she becomes a threat again. Uh, it, It seems like she struggles a little bit more early on in the tournaments. But once she then goes on a run, as we saw in the Sunshine Double, when she can Get a couple of match wins under her belt she's got such uh, one thing that's always underrated with venus williams is, is her intelligence on the court she's and so her smart. ability to work out how to play opponents and what their weaknesses are and what to do against them and as much as yep she's not as quick she's not as powerful you know that the serves struggles a bit at times now um but the the intelligence that she's got and of course the prestige and and everything else that with all of her grand slam wins that goes with that. You can never write her off. Yeah,
0: that's going to be a very interesting first round. I agree with you. So, and you're right, Zhang Zhang's size is probably thankful to uh, play her in the first round and not later because, mm. like you said, that's when she can struggle. And then we have Kenan, an All-American encounter against uh, Coco Vandeweyer, who's trying to make a comeback from injuries and uh, she's been through a lot. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one because Kenan. Oh wow, that's that's one of the story of the summer. I mean, we have many, but this one has been. I mean, the summer, if if not more, I mean, she's been really coming up on the stage, and and for somebody who is so small, being able to create so many opportunities, and I mean, she looks like every time that she's on stepping on the court, she is on a mission. I mean, her walk, her pattern, her you know, her demeanor, her her body language. I mean, I love to watch that kid.
1: Oh, I mean, so I mean, we're gonna get round to our picks for the tournament, but and I was, I'm gonna. A big name drop here, by the way. So, you know, I hope you, you've got your answer. I had breakfast this morning with Martina Navratilova, which was which was fantastic. And we were saying, like, it's even tougher to pick who's going to come through this draw, like, as in more so than probably... I think the last three slams, for me, have been almost impossible to call whereas before that we were always saying oh it's wide open but I could give you eight players and usually one of the eight players went on to win it including even last year here with Asaka I had her as an outsider because she was dangerous but she was confident and and I think looking at this year it's like trying to pick players to come through there's a little we just talked about injury issues with Serena and uh, Asaka and and confidence issues and then maybe a little bit of rust with Barty and uh, yet with a player who's been the most consistent and confident and just enjoying her tennis right now is Sophia Kennan. And and it's like, actually, she could go really deep here. She could really have a, a fantastic run. But do you she's think she's the most consistent? Do
0: you think she can in go all the fact,
1: way? Maybe not all the way, but I, I think we could see her in the semis. Mm. Uh, you know, is it, wow. I, I think we could see her putting a run That's like big. that together. Yeah. Just because I think she's cons- you know she's got the belief. Yeah. She's just enjoying the fight. She we sure know what does. we're going to get from her match to match. She, she embraces is the big moments. Um, she's very good in the tough situations. She's got that young exuberance of like nothing to lose. So I, I think you know maybe hasn't got a big enough game to perhaps go all the way. But as in, you know, when you look at the things I've just mentioned, that's gonna take you a fair way. And I think for Coco van, van der Wey, always dangerous again, it's on her own rack as we know. But I think it's probably come a little too soon. as, yeah, as She hasn't really had, had enough matches I under her belt to, yeah. to, to get going.
0: And then we have Madison Key's first round against Misaki Doi. Hopefully she can go through that one. Conta against Kazetkina. That's going to be a tough first round uh, for both of them. But uh, Kazetkina <laughs> up 2-1 in the head-to-head. Won the last two in 2018. They haven't played this year. And then we have Garcia against Jobur. I mean, I think that's a very, very tough draw for Garcia. Any draw for Garcia is going to be tough right now because she is in such, such low confidence and uh, they've never played each other. And then we're going to the biggest, probably biggest match of tomorrow, and that is going to be Serena Williams facing Maria Sharapova. I think the score on the head-to-head is somewhere like 19-2 and 2, uh, for, uh, for uh, Serena, which... Uh, you know, it's been so difficult for Sharapova to, uh, to win any matches against Serena Williams. And I think the last two times that she won was when she won the uh, Wimbledon in 2004, I believe. So it's been quite a while. Um, but you know what? It's a first round. And if you're going to play Serena, you better play her in the first round after she's been injured. And uh, really, the unknown is there for Sharapova, who is a believer in that every time she steps on the court that she's going to beat anyone. It's going to be a pretty tough match and that's tomorrow night first on uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium at 7pm.
1: Yeah, and I've got to say, I mean, you know, okay, everyone looking at Sharapova, you know all the injury issues this year, form, loss of confidence. She's talked about, you know, not having a confidence, but believing that she'll get it back. And I have to say, I, I did her match against Alison Risk in Cincinnati, and um, and I was actually really impressed. That was a very high standard match, and I, and I thought she she played some excellent tennis. It was she was composed in the right moments. Um, she attacked at the right times. It, when she played Barty as well, that first set, okay, she fell away in the second set, but the first set was a very high level standard uh, of of tennis. And so I. I think you know she's. When we talked about Van der Wade perhaps not having enough matches to get going. Sharapova, I think maybe those two matches in Cincinnati will have given her a little bit of confidence again, given her a little bit of belief. She'll know about Serena and the, the back issues, so we fingers crossed Serena will play. Um, but I think I give I give Sharapova a big chance. We all know her record here at the U.S. Open and, and, and how much she loves night matches and. Uh, and, and just loves playing in New York. So I, I think, um, you know, she'll be really gunning for it. And I think she's a little bit fitter than Serena at the moment uh, in terms of, you know, I, I think there weren't any signs of the injuries that she's had throughout the years in Cincinnati. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's mouthwatering, isn't it? And you mentioned the head-to-head, of course, Serena then is is the stronger favourite. But I kind of think we're in a different realm right now. And, and I think Sharapova sees this as a, as a phenomenal opportunity yeah. to, to get, to get a match win over over Serena Williams, and, and as you say, every time she steps on the court, she she plays with belief. But I think there'll be even more belief here that she thinks, right, I can I can really make a mark here. So um, yeah, mouth watering. If it happens, fingers crossed that Serena Williams is fit, then it should be an absolute blockbuster.
0: Yeah, and now going all the way almost to the bottom of the of the uh, second half, the bottom draw is. Uh, a tough first round now, looking at what happened last week with Georgie uh, reaching the final in, uh, Bronx, in the Bronx because she will face uh, Maria Sakari, who has been in uh, great form. But we know about Georgie, you know, it's uh, all or nothing. And uh, I think, you know, obviously she has been more consistent, you know, reaching two finals this year. Uh, in tournaments one was uh, in Washington losing to Pegola and then uh, last week against Magda Lynette so that's going to be an interesting match as well and then second uh, seed number two player in the world we have uh, Ashley Barty against uh, Zarina Diaz that would be played also uh, tomorrow first on, on Arthur Ashe so um, you know, looking ahead, I'm going to ask you and put you on the line now. Did Martina come up with a pick at all? But uh, you're going to you're gonna have to come up with one. And uh, did, did she tell you, did she give a pick for the tournament?
1: She didn't. I mean, she she said the same. We we both fully agreed that you may as well throw a dart, or you know, a dart at the draw, and whoever it sticks on that, she picks pretty That's much. That's nice. um, very smart. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> but
0: I'm gonna still gonna ask you for a pick. So good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you can uh, you gonna make me? You just look stupid no matter what, here, don't you? I mean, no matter what you say, uh, you can look completely stupid. So okay, I'm gonna go a little bit uh, left field. No one's talking about her. Let's go with Kvitova. Because no one's talking about her. I think that helps her. She likes going under the radar. Of course, she's had fitness issues lately. Um, And so that is a big question mark. But if she can just get through her first couple of matches, then she can build some momentum and then perhaps, you know, get going and... and and go all the way and wouldn't that wouldn't she be a fabulous winner with everything that she's been through and, um, and with all the tournament wins that she's had on the WTA circuit over the last couple of years I, I really feel she deserves a, a third Grand Slam so maybe there's a little bit of that pick from, from my heart more so from my head but there we go
0: Well that's uh, that's a, put really going on the line I'm, I mean on the limb for you I think because uh, I, I was never even thinking about uh, Petra <laughs> going all the way and uh, I'm going to give my pick for a uh, Ashley Barty, uh, to win this tournament. So I'm going uh, back with Ashley. Okay. Uh, I did actually, did pick Ashley to win the French Open. And uh, that came through. Wow. So, yep, that was... Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to was...
1: change my pick, actually. I changed oh, my pick. Come on.
0: <laughs> go ahead. Uh, All right, I'll give I, you a I'm second chance. I'm going to change
1: my pick. Right, okay. I'll, I'll go Kiki Burton's. All right. Kiki Burton's. Well, are think, you going on the rim uh, there, I too. I went with... The f- at the f- yeah, but I went with Kiki at the French, and obviously that was so sad, what happened to her at the French. Um, and again, she's not that much form, but she's lost a couple of tight matches, very tight matches. And again, talk about sliding doors moments. Um, if she starts to, you, you remember what she did last year, obviously, you know, Cincinnati. And so she, she can play very well on hard courts. Um, I think she's had a very good year. Um, and I, I just feel, you know, that the area of the draw that she's in is too bad. So if she gets some match wins going, then, um, then yeah, she can go. So I'll, I'll go Burton's and, and, yeah, stick by that one.
0: Well, we're going Burton's, and uh, I guess if uh, Kvitova comes in and wins this tournament, I will give you—I will give you that as a win too, because you picked two players that uh, to me are, are not even going to get close. And I could be totally wrong, as you mentioned. But uh, listen, that was uh, very enlightening. I'm very, very pleased that you could have uh, joined me uh, today for this podcast, uh, women's tennis talk. It's always very interesting to get opinion from different voices and uh, your voice counts for a lot because uh, I I know how uh, you love the sport but not only that I know how knowledgeable you are so thank you so much Pete for being able to join us here on this podcast I wish you all the best I will see you tomorrow actually today at some point on site so uh, have a good one and uh, until then uh, let's uh, Maybe let's find each other for a drink uh, because you definitely deserve one here.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. As you know, I'm always very happy to chat about tennis, even even if my two picks here are, are pretty outsiders. But I think why not? It's the year of trying to pick who wins. Like who to pick, Hallett? I know you picked. I know you did you did pick um, Barty to win the French, but I mean, not many people would have gone with Barty and Halep to, to the French and U.S., so that's why I've gone a bit left field, but there we go. But yeah, no, my pleasure.
0: Thanks again, and uh, we will uh, talk uh, back probably after the U.S. Open for another podcast and another look at uh, the women's tour on uh, Women's Tennis Talk. Until then... Enjoy the U.S. Open, all of you out there, and uh, hopefully you can make it to beautiful Arthur Ashe Stadium and all the courts outside there. It's going to be a phenomenal event and not as hot as last year. So thanks for joining us.